Welcome, everybody. Yeah, gang, gang. We back. <laughs> Episode nine. Yeah. Episode nine, Nick. Nine. Nine. They say, I guess, with podcasts that it, once you make double digits and your audience is still growing, that that you've made it. So yeah. uh, our, our audience has been growing quite a bit lately. I checked the stats. So thanks to everybody out there listening that um, keep us doing this every couple weeks. And uh, we made it to nine so far. So yeah. the goal is ten. Ten yeah. is ten the is the big is. one. Ten is our first guest too. Numero uh, dos. We're gonna have uh, Ghostbuster extraordinaire fanboy. Chris Sims on the show. Oh yeah, for episode ten, and it's going to be a Ghostbusters special. So it's going to be all things Ghostbusters. Um, pretty sure by then he'll probably have seen Afterlife about ten times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at the time that we're recording this, I'm going tomorrow, and, and Nick has a uh, a few weeks to see it. Yeah, I'll see it though. We're gonna we're gonna take a a, a week hiatus to um, a week hiatus from when we normally release the show to uh to prep for that one so yeah. uh look for episode 10 december 9th i believe so a little little holiday break for shaggy's house of horrors yeah you know it'll be a fun one too yeah, love yeah. ghostbusters yeah right yeah it's gonna be all things ghostbusters Hell all yeah. day long oh and by the way um all three of our idiotville eerie podcasts uh, the Cafe Music, Idiotville, and us are all up for uh, best podcast f- for the uh, magazine Eerie Reader. So yeah. if you want to vote for us, just go to uh, bestof.eerireader.com. We'll put the link in the show notes and uh, click on whatever show you enjoy listening to, which hopefully is ours. But we yeah. don't hate. If somebody else beats us out, it's fine. Yeah. No but big deal. Whether you want to or not, do it. <laughs> yeah, whether you want to or not, just click on us. Yeah. I mean, it takes two seconds. It's whatever. So, yeah, exciting show today. Decent mailbag. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Possessive. Um, also, another reminder, because I don't think we reminded anybody last show, you can get all of our podcast swag on tpublic.com slash Productions. Mugs, hats, hoodies, masks. The works. Whatever you want. Oh, yeah. It's there. It's there for you to wear. Yeah. Look at that. Represent. We should use that tagline. It's there for you to wear. <laughs> shaggy, shaggy. All right, so diving right into the mailbag. We're not going to waste any time. <laughs> so Ashley Ashley asked, what's your favorite sub-genre at the moment? Um, and when I was growing up, it was a lot of slashers. I was, I was a huge slasher fan from Halloween to, you know, Friday the 13th. Um, and recently, it's... It's body horror. It's body horror all day. I mean, uh, Color of Space, The Fly, Reanimator, Raw, Titan, From Beyond. I mean, I, I could go on and on and on. Um, the movie we're about to talk to, about today is kind of a little bit, sprinkles it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The Thing, I mean, I, I could go on and on with body horror. I know, yeah. It's just, there's something super unnerving about um about body transformations like that i don't know i just i don't know i enjoy it as as fucked up as it is a lot of the time but i think that's why i enjoy it because i feel like it's one of the most fucked up subgenres that there is yeah it's body horror for sure is is my favorite at the moment i nick nick would probably agree that's what we've been watching a lot of lately anyway 
So I feel yeah. I feel like if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be watching it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I like I like all the subgenres. Uh, it's all, it all depends on mood, really, most of the time. But with uh, the way we've been hitting the ground running with a lot of these, it's been mostly in that realm. My favorite subgenre has always been sci-fi. The sci-fi horror, yeah. yeah. Deep Rising, Event Horizon, and Alien. some of those ones that you said fit in that too, like The Thing, and I think even this Possessor. Yeah, it's definitely fits a sci-fi. Into, yeah, yeah, Possessor's definitely a sci-fi. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, sci-fi has always been my favorite subgenre. Yeah. A lot of H.P. Lovecraft, a lot of Cronenberg. Yeah, like Scanners, Videodrome. We didn't mention those. Videodrome's huge body horror. Yeah. Um, and uh, the movie we're doing today is, is I mean, Nick and I, we've said on the show a bunch of times, Cronenberg's uh, one of our favorites, and, uh, and his son Brandon did a movie called Possessor, which we're going to get into a little later. Yeah. Um, and like father, like son. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty evident where he gets his uh, ideas from, for sure, oh, yeah. um, which is not a bad thing at all, really. No. Um, so next question, David asks, what is your favorite on-screen kill? I have a few. Um, I really enjoy a lot from Friday the 13th Part 3 because it does the whole 3D thing. So I like like the Rick kill where his eyeballs pop out yeah. and the spear kill. And then, I don't know, Curse of Michael Myers has always been one of my favorites. So the one where, where the dude goes down in the basement and Michael Myers sticks a knife in his stomach and lifts him up to electrical box and his head explodes. Yeah. I love that one, too. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. And then, and then a lot of Italian horror kills. I mean, Fulci. Oh, Fulci. <laughs> they, don't, they don't call him the godfather of, yeah. gore, of gore for nothing. I mean, eye impalements, guts coming out of the mouth. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to mention the one in Zombie with the eye. <laughs> With the piece of wood through the eye. Yeah, definitely yeah. one of my favorite on-screen kills savvy. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can definitely uh, uh, turn to Fulci for a lot of really cool on-screen kills. Oh, oh yeah. and the uh, the opening kill of uh, 1977 Suspiria too is just mind, yeah. it's mind blowing. It's that just, one's just so good. It's real. That's really one of the probably the best opening on-screen kills you will ever watch in your entire life. It's fucking wild. Right. If you're just going to watch Suspiria for 10 minutes, just that opening scene, go ahead and do that. You'll be an Argento fan immediately yeah. after that scene. And if you're not, I don't know what you're doing watching horror, that's for sure. Yeah. No doubt. So Nick and I have been hitting up the uh, convention circuit as much as we can. I mean, last year kind of uh, dwindled. We went to Horror yeah. Realm in March and then pandemic hit. And yeah, there was, was no nothing. conventions. Yeah, and we've been to two this year so far so we're going to yeah. one in a couple days here um and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one there's a lot of guests a lot of uh really cool names that are gonna be there and uh megan asks because i've only been doing conventions for like four, four years i think somewhere around there and uh, uh close to 10 i think by now but um megan asks what was the best moment at a con that you've gone to so far um, and this is really a no-brainer. It was March of 17 or 18, and uh, we went up to New Jersey for Monster Mania, which is, like, one of the really, really big ones. It's, I mean, it's huge. I mean, the fire marshal got called. You, yeah. c- you couldn't move. It was shoulder <laughs> to shoulder. I went with uh, my buddy Brian and then my roommate Frank and his buddy Brian. Brian squared. But Frank and Brian, Frank and Frank's Brian um, <laughs> are really into uh, – 
you know, getting the autographs and stuff. So they spent most of their time doing that. And my buddy Brian and I spent more time, you know, as you know, Nick, in the dealer room looking at the Blu-rays and stuff like that because that's what we're into. Yeah. So we run into um, two of Brian's friends that have been going to cons forever, and they're, they're huge, uh, you know, getting the guest autographs type of deal. And we're talking with them, and they're like, oh, yeah, the average wait time for John Carpenter is like four and a half hours. And, like, my mind Jesus. can't even, like... <laughs> wrap my head around it it's like well, I mean, it's like what if you stand in line and like you just you don't you don't make it you <laughs> it know what I mean? it just doesn't happen um i have a better chance of getting hit by a train right now in the studio than uh uh-huh. than, than getting john carpenter's autograph so fast forward to sunday and to give you guys an idea they had this huge like banquet hall room in the uh in the hotel that had all the guests in it. And like, there, there were so many guests there that were great. I mean, Richard Dreyfus from Jaws was there. <laughs> uh, Kane Hodder, CJ Graham, Ted White, basically every wow. uh, Jason that's still alive was there. Um, Tony Todd, Candyman was there. Ted Cruz from Friday 13th Part <laughs> 7. And, uh, and uh, Weekend at Bernie's, he was there. Ted Cruz. Um, was it Ted Cruz or Tim Cruz? I can't remember now. See, I'm already fucking it up. Um, Candyman was there. Um, all the It kids were there because that was around the time that the first It movie oh, came yeah. out. So they were all there. And then right to the left of the It kids is John Carpenter's table. So fast forward to Sunday, and we're in the room, and it's it's pretty bare now. Like, obviously, all weekend, the, the line went out the room, around the hall, down the hall, almost into the lobby. Like, it, yeah. mind-blowingly ridiculous. And uh, so Sunday... It clears out because most people got what they wanted all weekend. So it's like clearing out, clearing out. And we look over at John Carpenter's table and there's a sign that said he'll be right back. And there's a woman, probably his agent or whatever, standing there. And we're like, uh, hey, where's John? And she's like, oh, he's upstairs doing a photo op. You know, there's photo ops that you can uh, pay for, which is like a professionally done photo with you and the uh, celebrity guest. And we're like, oh, do you have any idea how long uh, he's going to be? And she's like, oh, about a half hour. And we're like, oh, where's the line? And she's like, there isn't one. Hmm. So we formed one. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we, um, we met John Carpenter. And I was shaking and holding back tears. And I couldn't fucking believe it. <laughs> I don't even really remember what I said. Um, I have like 14 autographs hanging up on my wall at home. And that is my prize possession is definitely his autograph and i have pj souls i've nev campbell i've doug bradley from pinhead uh i mean i could go on and on and that's definitely my uh, favorite one so meeting him was definitely my favorite con moment for sure um i don't remember what i said i think i had said something along the lines of halloween's my mom's favorite horror movie she snuck into <laughs> the theater when she was 17 he's probably thinking that bitch why didn't she <laughs> fucking pay for a ticket right but Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's definitely the the best moment. Uh, I I don't think anything's gonna ever top that. I mean, what a fucking legend. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to meet Wes Craven, but he's dead, so he's out. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I I just don't see myself even going to these things, meeting somebody as 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 big and iconic as as Carpenter. So that's definitely my best moment uh, at a con so far and probably going to be my best moment ever at a con <laughs> so far. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I don't think anything uh, beats that except for maybe a really good blowjob. <laughs> so the movie today 
Nick. Yeah. Today. Is Possessor, which is a, uh, I guess, psychological slash science fiction slash body horror film in a way. And Possessor follows an agent who works for a secretive organization that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies ultimately driving them to commit assassinations for high-paying clients. Yeah. Which is a crazy concept in itself. Fucking great. Um, (laughs) It really (laughs) is. It really is. It it was my second time watching it because I needed a refresher. Um, And I liked it even better the second time around. And I I understood it more the second time around. This is one of those movies that's like, it's out there. Yeah, you definitely need to uh, watch it like twice to really get it. You know, it's yeah. one of those for sure. It's a, it's definitely one that you really, really have to pay attention to. Yeah. There's no, there's no <laughs> doubt about <laughs> it. I mean, it's not super overly complicated, but, um, it, it follows the main character is played by, uh, Andrea Reisenberg, um, as Tessia Voss. And she's, um, she's the, I guess, assassin, um, that works for the, for a secret company. Um, and for some reason she's, she's the best at what she does, but she's kind of slipping in the beginning of the movie. Like she does an assassination and then like they, they kidnap the person and then (laughs) connect their brains kind of deal to where she's, to where she's kind of in the other person's subconscious. Yeah. And, uh, during the assassination attempt in the beginning of the movie, she, kind of is losing it she's kind of slipping when it comes to uh her job yeah and it's because of the stress of the job and what it entails and then she has a husband at home and a kid and she kind of like needs to get off these jobs and then kind of reprogram her mind back to the who she was to begin with Mm -hmm. and um and her boss is played by jennifer jason lee which i love her she's amazing um and Hmm. She plays Gerder, who's like the head of this secret operative organization. She's she's not very nice. She's kind of evil. Yeah, <laughs> she definitely is. She's uh she uses Vo- she's using Voss to basically eventually control her. Um, and so Voss takes this job in the beginning of the movie, where um, where she has to assassinate, um a wealthy company owner. Yeah. And so Voss's job is to um take over a man named Colin Tate's body. Colin Tate is the husband of the big CEO head honcho's daughter. Yeah. So Voss has to take over Tate's body and assassinate his uh, girlfriend, his fiance's dad. Yeah, <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> and 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 the way Voss does this is she um, practices their mannerisms, like spies on them type of yeah. deal. Their their voices, the way they talk, the way they act, the way they move, so yeah. she can be them. Yeah, basically. they go really deep into it. Yeah, so they kid, so they kidnap Colin. Like it, it's weird. Like they kidnap the subjects, and then like basically drug them and put them out yeah and then put Voss into their bodies yeah and uh and so 
you know, Voss does this and um and shit gets fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. No doubt. Yeah. So she has to perform a major hit on a wealthy CEO, John Parse, played by Sean Bean, by the way. Yeah. And I feel like Sean Bean always has a contract where he has to die. Yeah. Although He's like, I don't want to be in this long. Although we'll coming? we'll get to it, we'll get to it later. <laughs> but um so she agrees to do this where she has to put a hit on CEO John Parse and uh and she has to possess uh John Parse's daughter's fiance Colin. Yeah. And uh the hit's only a partial success because um she well, I guess Voss, who is now Colin, kills Ava and kills Parse, but then Parse survives. <laughs> and um, Voss attempts to flee the scene by forcing Tate to shoot himself, but discovers that she can't make him pull the trigger. Yeah. And the beginning of the movie, when she does an assassination, she, like, they have to kill the subject to get pulled out. Right. And for some reason, even in the beginning of the movie, she can't pull the trigger. Yeah. And so that's when you know that something ain't going right with her. Nope. She's not too right yeah, at she's all. She's losing her fucking marbles. Yeah, she's losing it. <laughs> she's losing control and in her line of work you need fucking control. Yeah, definitely. Um and uh Tate instead stabs himself in the skull in an act of rebellion. Uh yeah. and this and damages the, the this damages the implant in his yeah. brain. And Voss discovers that she can't leave Tate's body or, or overpower his. So she's Tate's, just stuck in there. Tate's kind of figuring out what's going on. Yeah. And that's kind of when it gets, that's kind of when it, it, it moves into the body horror category because there's a lot of uh, visual effects where they actually show like Voss's skin over Tate's face type yeah. of deal. So they're kind of yeah, like, I thought that was really cool. They're kind of like merging and like going back and forth with that whole idea of, of, of the battle between the two. And the really cool thing about that too is uh, I'm pretty sure those um, flashback scene effects that are really, really quick are the only CGI effects in this movie. Oh, shit. Which I give Cronenberg uh, a, a lot of credit for he he yeah. said that he tried to use the least amount of cgi possible so all the the big amounts of blood and the kills and all like that's all prosthetic mm-hmm. which uh, i think a lot of people need to um <laughs> need to take need a to page do. from that yeah, yeah definitely for sure I, everybody on I like sh- it everybody that's listening to the show up to this point already knows my um take on cgi used in in horror for sure i mean yeah it looks it does look good but it's just he made it look really good without using CGI. Right, right. Like you almost think it is CGI when you see it. Right. So then Tate flees the scene after, um, you know, wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he doesn't know, like, why his girlfriend's dead and then why he has all these freaking weird memories in his head. And um, yeah. so he flees to his friend Rita's apartment. And there he kills Rita while he's struggling with uh, memories of the hit on uh, on Parson Ava previously. And then Eddie, who's his friend, 
at the job that he works at was actually undercover for Voss's company. Yeah. And he comes in trying to fix the situation and trying to get her back to normal. Yeah. So that way she can finish the job. And, um, yeah, it fails. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it Tate becomes, right. Tate becomes aware of the presence inside his body and actually kills Eddie. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so then he's figuring shit out to the point where he sees, like, this house in his head and kind of figures out, like, oh, where's this place? I yeah. think this is where the woman that's trying to take me over, I think this is where her husband and yeah. her kid live. That's where they stay at. <laughs> that's where they stay in. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes there. Um and uh, holds the husband at gunpoint demanding to she, know yeah. what she did to him. Yeah. And he doesn't fucking know because she works for a secret agency. Right, that's she's like, not allowed to tell him anything. Right, he doesn't know shit. And yeah. that, I think that's why she was slipping during these jobs too was because, um, you know, she's just trying to balance the home life and the job and keep it secret from her husband. Yep. And Living a completely double life. And, and when she... You Triple know, life. Yeah, and when she gets out of these assassinations, like I said, she has to kind of like come down to earth and become herself again. Yeah. So she like starts like even repetitively using her own dialogue to try to get her own voice back and shit. Like yeah. it's mind blowing. Um, and I don't, I don't think we should really give away the ending of this movie. No, but, probably um, not. People but need to see it for sure. It's definitely worth a watch. It's fun. And yeah, it's it's a, it's a mind fun. bender. And I I just love the plot. I love uh I just love the idea of it. I just think it's really neat and really entertaining and super fun. And it is graphic. And yeah. it is uh it is sexually driven too. There's there's some pretty uh, intense sexual scenes in the movie as well, which some yeah. people might find blair I mean, whatever. It's uh definitely part of what even Cronenberg's dad does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has a whole movie about people who get off on fucking car crashes for <laughs> crying out loud. I mean, it's just the way it goes. When nut. you're dealing with Cronenberg, you're dealing with uh, graphic violence and, for and sure. sexual situations for sure, which, come on, most of us like. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And the uncut version adds like an extra like three minutes worth of uh, gore yeah, and, and they, nudity. And they said somewhere in Canada... Um, it got like a weird, like ratings over there are weird and it got some weird like R rating that basically made it in Alberta, Canada, NC-17. Yeah. So like I haven't seen the uncut movie. one. I, I yeah. don't have, I don't have the uncut, but you do. Yeah. Um, looks like I'm going to have to watch it again, which, <laughs> which I, I don't mind. It, it, it no, clocks, it's it great. Clocks, it clocks in a little over uh, an hour and a half. So, yeah. So it's a pretty easy watch. It's honestly not bad. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, I um, what I what else did I watch this week, Nick? Um, oh, oh, I bought the new Candyman. Oh, you did Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Did you watch it yet? I did. Um, How was it? I uh, and we might have to do this one, so I'm not gonna go too deep into it. Well, yeah, that's why we did the first Candyman because yes. we were gonna do the new one, I but know. then we uh, yeah, we, we fell behind on some auto shit. We were slipping, falling, yeah. can't get up, I'm slipping, yeah. falling, can't get <laughs> up. Um, rip. Uh. I liked, hmm, how do I put this? You, you know me, I'm not a huge Jordan Peele fan. Yeah. And he wrote the script. Um, I'll give him this much credit. I do like what he did with it. Yeah. He, it's, it, it's, mm, 
it's kind of loosely it, it's like what everybody else is doing nowadays direct sequels to the original type of deal right um it uses a lot of stuff from the original and i just like the fact that he made the lore be- because i i love Candyman because i love what the story is about i think the story is interesting i think it's fun um it's fucked up uh clive barker originally wrote the book as we all know and i'm a huge clive barker fan and uh I like how Peel basically took this and he took the idea of Candyman, like the the main character um, basically slowly kind of transforms into Candyman. And the whole idea Mm -hmm. of it is that because Candyman's really just a legend, really just a quote unquote story, that there are multiple Candymans (laughs) because people are always telling their own story. Yeah. Like the story he's told in this movie is that Helen Lyle from the first one was Candyman. Oh, so that's wow. what one person was telling somebody. But huh. then somebody else is telling somebody another story. And somebody else is telling somebody another story. So yeah. everybody's getting these stories different, but we right. all know who the original OG was. Right. Which is the original Candyman. Yeah. And um That's how folk tales yeah, usually yeah. go. Yeah, so, yeah. And that was so that was the idea that there can that, like during different time periods there's different Candyman. Yeah. Because he's he slowly ends up transforming into it. Because he goes to Cabrini Green, the original spot of Cabrini Green. Obviously, it's been yeah. torn down and and you know, big yeah. big Fruit lavish vil- buildings put up and whatever. Yeah. But he goes like some of the bad sp- spots till and, and he's like taking a picture and then a bee bites him and all that <laughs> stuff. But um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I like like I said, I like the idea of Candyman enough um to where it it, it was fun. It was a fun movie. It was tough. Fuck it yeah. Was, it was fun. The first was, one was great. It wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second, yeah. One, second one's meh. Third one, I heard, don't even bother. I, I didn't bother, so I don't, yeah. I don't have anything for you. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And and I bought uh, Pig with, with Nicolas Cage. I don't, I don't know how Yeah, I've been wanting to see that. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched it yet, so we'll see. I love Nicolas Cage. We'll see how that goes. And then, and then uh, un-horror-related, uh, I, I just watched The Green Knight. Yeah? Yeah. How'd you like it? Um, I liked it because I like that fantasy King Arthur BS. Right. Um, other people, I can see why they maybe didn't like it because it's uh, it's slow moving, yeah. really, really slow moving, visually appealing. Like the visuals in it are amazing, and uh, I mean, I don't know, nothing really happens. No. <laughs> it's slow. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a slow burn, and and yeah. And when you when you see the cover of that movie, you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be brutal." Yeah, it looks like great. it's gonna be like an yeah, all-out action yeah, movie, and it absolutely not. is. Not. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you say. It. I'm just gonna tell you that <laughs> it's definitely not. So, uh, circling back around, since I just decided to rant, uh, Possessor, one out of five body takeovers. What do you give it? Four and a half, just because I fucking love it. Wow, wow! I'm, I was gonna go. F- I'm going four point two out of five. I loved it. <laughs> I I don't know what else he's done. I haven't looked it up. I I honestly have uh, no he did, idea. He didn't shoot. Know, what the hell? Is I don't know if he has more than ju- one. Yeah, he has one more. He has one other one. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was called. I was just listening to something where they mentioned it. Let's see. I now I gotta look it up because I I just have to. Uh, he's done a couple. Uh, anti-viral that's the one that I heard about 
I heard it's pretty good. Too. Wow, he hasn't done one in a while. Possessor is 2012 a- antivirals. Uh, well, sorry, <laughs> antivirals 2012 and Possessor is 2020. So yeah, he hasn't done Eight one years. in a while. Yeah, he said his process takes him a while. Hmm. But that's how you make great movies by taking your time. Yeah, and the plot is in the near future, a thriving industry sells celebrity illnesses to their obsessed fans. Employee yeah. Sid March attempts to exploit the system, backfire when they involve him in a potentially deadly mystery. <laughs> hmm. Sounds fucking cool. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll have I'm, to check that one out. I know, right? Well, watch it not even be like available anyway. Right. <laughs> they usually aren't. Because I, I know nothing about it at all. Yeah. But um, he has my attention. Especially since he's related to the other Cronenberg, which yeah. is definitely one of my favorite directors ever. Yeah, for sure. Fucking love him. He's a G. He is. Possessor. Show. Check it out. Yeah. Watch it. For sure. Yeah. We like sci-fi horror. And Taking over people's bodies. <laughs> and assassin- <laughs> assassination attempts. I mean, that's always fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Because you don't know if they're going to pull it off or not. And that's the thing, too, that going back to when I was like, well... You know, Sean Bean dies in every movie. Yeah. Well, he doesn't die in this one. Y- yeah. You watch Which what Voss does to him and you think that he fucking died. Yeah. But that's another reason that she was slipping on the mission because, yeah, she killed Ava. But, uh, yeah. yeah. They put him in there to trick John, us, Mike. But John Parsons was still <laughs> alive. He was still alive. I, I don't know how. I really don't because literally when Colin kills him, he takes this huge... What was, what was it? It's like a fire poke or yeah. whatever. And he just shoves it through his mouth. Yeah. Like, how do you live through I that? I don't know, man. They tricked us. I couldn't like, believe oh, it. Like, oh, Sean Bean, he's dead. Mm, no, yeah. he didn't die. I was like, wow, because he's died in Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. Yep. James Gold, Bond. Golden Eye. Sean Bean. He's like, I'm not going to be in this unless I die. Yeah. Yeah, well, he lived in this one. So yep. jokes on you, motherfuckers. Yeah, Sean Bean is alive and well kicking. <laughs> 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 All right, news coming up. Stick with us. This is All episode right. nine. Yeah. We're back. We back. We just had to take a break. Yeah. When you're sitting here, you might have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> have a smoke take a break but um we're back with some news uh guillermo del toro who we're both fans of as well um is coming out with a new movie on december 17th called nightmare alley it's about a corrupt con man that teams up with a female psychiatrist to trick people into giving them money and it stars bradley cooper kate blanchett tony collette who is the mom in hereditary willem dafoe richard jenkins and ron perlman so the cast <laughs> it sounds like fun. The cast alone it's fucking insane. is uh is mind blowing. Um December seventeenth. Definitely be watching that. Although doesn't Spider Man come out around that time? Yeah, too? same day. <laughs> <laughs> Spending the whole yep, day. December seventeenth. Oh wow. Spider Man No Way Home. Spider Man. It's gonna be great. Yeah, did you watch the trailer for yeah, that? Yeah, it looks awesome. So um Somebody had posted about that trailer the day it came out, and um, Sony Brazil, I think it was, released a trailer of it. Yeah. And if you pause it at like the 54 second mark, it shows all of the villains jumping around 
but just uh, Tom Holland, and, and they uh, think the other one's got edited out. Yes. Yeah. Because the because the lizard's lizard. facing another way, mm-hmm. and the Sandman's it looks like facing he gets another punched. way. Punched. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two other Spider Mans in that scene. Yeah, it's probably Toby and Andrew. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Do you really think Tom Holland can take on all of those guys by no, himself? No, definitely not. Absolutely fucking not. Even if Doctor Strange is there, don't it don't fucking matter. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Spider Man will be exciting for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I can't wait. And if you're if you're hungry like I am right now, um. A twenty four, which is a film distribution company that brought us films like Ex Machina and The Witch and Green Room and Midsummer and Midsummer and Hereditary and The yeah. Lighthouse and The Green Knight and The Lamb. I mean, I could go on and on. They're yeah. a really good company. Yeah, they do a, a lot, lot of, of independent. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I was gonna say a lot, a lot of independent horror stuff. Um, they have announced they will be soon releasing a horror themed cookbook called Horror Caviar. That'd be cool. Yeah. They're accepting pre-orders right now at shopa24films.com and copies will be shipping out November 30th. Um, And uh, feast delicacies and drinks inspired by 29 horror films from cult to canon, including Audition, Suspiria, Midsummer, The Witch, and many more. And um, yeah, uh, it'll be cool. Uh, the table of contents reveals that the cookbook features dishes inspired by the likes of, as I said, Audition, Midsummer, Suspiria, Pet Cemetery, The Witch, Rosemary's Baby, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, The Blob, Company of Wolves, The Omen, and Slumber Party Massacre, and Raw. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, wow. I mean, how can you not inc- yeah. <laughs> include Raw in food? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, no, I've, I've even said people with eating disorders probably shouldn't watch Raw because there might be some triggers. I mean, yeah. it's, but I mean, it makes sense uh, for, for a cookbook. Definitely. For sure. So, um, will you be buying Horror Caviar? Hop on our Facebook page, let us know. I mean, I think I might pick it up. <laughs> Why yeah, not? It sounds like, sounds cool. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to cook some brains or, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> make a body cocktail? All right. <laughs> I mean, that's neat. I'm I'm all for it. I'm a, I'm a huge supporter of A24. I like that idea a lot. Oh, yeah, it's smart. So the holidays are coming up. Nick and I are going to take a small break uh, small. The, ne- the next couple weeks. Yeah. Um. The um, episode ten is going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, can't wait. Ghostbusters special. It's going to be all Ghostbusters. Our uh, our good friend and owner of uh, Lake Erie Ghostbusters fan page, which. Like I say about Chris all the time, you cut him open and the ghost logo is going to come out. Like he knows all. It'll be a fun time. Um, I have a lot of really <laughs> deep questions to ask him. So I might end <laughs> up putting him on the spot a couple of times. But um, that'll that'll be out December 9th. So we're not going anywhere. We will we will be back oh, yeah. uh, sooner rather than later. But we'll, uh, we'll, be, sure. up, we'll be updating you guys on our social media pages. And you actually might get this episode a, a day early. Hell since yeah. since the day that we normally be releasing it, we will both be uh, at Horror Realm in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but um, we uh, we love the support. We love doing this. Um, and and once again, hop on our our social media and um and let us know what movies you want us to do. Um and uh, just keep staying engaged. Keep doing the mailbag. Um and keep loving this genre as much as as Nick and I love this genre. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> We we live, breathe, and eat horror. So, 
Um, and we'll be eating horror pretty soon too once the <laughs> book comes out. So uh, yeah, thanks everybody, and uh, we'll see you for episode ten. We are out of here. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy yeah, the time with your families. And uh, we will see you on the flip side. Peace. <laughs>